Detox connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This Life Science Focus podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing an at-home sleep apnea test gets FDA clearance and an ad campaign featuring basketball legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for AFib awareness. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter, Vera Kovacevic, and Sarah Hand. Thanks for coming today. I'm going to start us off with a story about a new medical device, and this is an at-home sleep apnea test that was recently cleared by the FDA. So Belgium-based Digital Health Scale-Up Sunrise announced that it received FDA clearance for its second-generation at-home sleep apnea test. Now, this test is AI-powered, and it's referred to as the Sunrise Sleep Disorder Diagnostic Aid, or SDDA. And this this device can help diagnose sleep conditions like obstructive sleep apnea and sleep-related breathing disorders. So the device is wireless and it has a polygraph system um, and an eight gram sensor built into its frame. So it's very lightweight and it, you know, barely fits into the palm of your hand. And the way it works is that it's placed on a person's chin where it records mandibular jaw movements or MJM as a biosignal for sleep measurement. So the company Sunrise says that uh, while MJM has been studied for decades, um, the company's application of this technology in, a, in an at-home sleep apnea test is rather novel. And so data that's collected through the device is sent to an AI-enabled app for analysis, and then the results can be shared with um, a healthcare provider via a secure online portal. The FDA clearance was granted to Sunrise for the device based on data that clinically validated it against uh, the current gold standard of polysomnography for sleep apnea testing. And um, this is data from across thousands of individuals, so quite robust. Now, in terms of sleep apnea, the condition um, in the U.S., approximately 22 million people suffer from it, and 50 to 70 million people have a sleep disorder, so some kind of a sleep disorder. And according to the American Academy of Sleep, 26% of people between the ages of 30 and 70 have sleep apnea. The incidence of the condition is on the rise, and it's been recognized as a serious health problem because it can lead to all sorts of other health issues. Signs and symptoms of sleep apnea include irregular breathing during sleep, uh, choking, coughing, gasping for breath, snoring, um, morning headaches, daytime sleepiness, lack of energy, frequent urination at night, and a whole host of uh, other issues uh, That can also include things like acid reflux and depression. And because mild sleep apnea can have a range of different signs and symptoms, which are often, you know, sometimes quite subtle, um, it's estimated that around 80% of sleep disordered breathing cases remain undiagnosed. 
Now, there are um, currently available at-home sleep apnea tests in the U.S., but they involve masks with wired sensors, and so more along the traditional polysomnography testing that you would um, have if you go to a sleep clinic and do like an overnight test. And so these tests measure breathing and oxygen levels and are typically just used for one night. Now, in contrast, Sunrise's uh, at-home sleep apnea test um, allows actually for testing over multiple nights. And this is actually a new feature in the second generation version of uh, Sunrise's test. And this is important because night-to-night variability in sleep studies is well documented. Um, and so a lot of experts say that it's important to be able to capture that data across multiple nights to be able to come up with a more accurate diagnosis of a sleep disorder like uh, sleep apnea. And um, so, yeah, uh, the results of uh, Sunrise's clinical validation against gold standard polysomnography sleep apnea testing have been published in numerous journals. And um, in the in the uh, so in Europe, the device um, has been certified by the European Commission as a medical device for the diagnosis of sleep apnea. And in the UK, you can. Get the test online, order it from the company's website for about 119 pounds. In the U.S., the device is available by prescription, and the price hasn't been disclosed uh, yet, but we can uh, look forward to that coming soon. So the most common treatment for sleep apnea is the use of a continuous positive airway pressure, or CPAP, or CPAP machine, that delivers a steady stream of air through a mask worn while sleeping to keep the uh, airways open. Uh, Depending on the case, uh, other options may include weight loss or surgery to remove excess tissue from the palate or throat. Um, And again, these are just other treatment options depending on the nature and type of Um, case that you're dealing with. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this innovative new at-home sleep apnea test. And did you know that, um, you know, about 80% of cases uh, of, you know, sleep disorders like sleep apnea go undiagnosed? And how do you feel about something like this test? And would you take it? So Aisha, yeah, I think this is something I would definitely try just because it looks like such a simple, um, device. It looks very small, not larger than the size of like a chin under your nose. It looks like something that wouldn't bother someone while they're sleeping. And it looks like you can, the people can set it up themselves in their own home. Um, Unlike the gold standard test that you mentioned, it was Mm -hmm. the polysomnography test for sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of cables and wires there and and you're hooked up to a big machine. A lot more invasive, yeah. Yeah, and it has to be done in a in a sleep clinic. There's no way someone would set all of that up at home. It reminds me kind of like when people are getting an EKG done. Mm. And there's so many wires there's everywhere. Sensors and, yeah. I always wonder too about those uh, you know, sleep studies. I I know they've been validated and and used for quite a while, but because you're not in your like normal sleep environment, mm, you know, yeah. I wonder what kinds of things they do to get an accurate reading because you're not at home. So, right. you know, I'm not sure about this, but I, I wonder if something like this could actually give you maybe more of an accurate reading. Mm. Um, and I like the the um, idea that you could do it over subsequent nights and, and get a better um, 
like a better end value there, you know what yeah. I mean? Like have more, like a larger sample size essentially than a single night uh, to take a look at, at somebody's, um, somebody's breathing. I'm just looking on their website here and I'm, I'm really getting, um, I'm getting like genetic test vibes from this. You know what I mean? You know how like a lot of people uh-huh. have done the 23andMe, yeah. the way they've like packaged this is very much uh, like, from a consumer perspective, it's like super slick and cool looking and mm-hmm. the, the colors they use. And I can see how someone would, uh, yeah, just want to order this for themselves to figure out, you know, how will they sleep? The other interesting thing I thought is that they have kind of like a tiered pricing. So um, I think like you mentioned, uh, Aisha, it's 119 pounds for one night. For that, one test, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then for, for like three nights, it, it goes up to 357 mm-hmm. um, pounds. And I guess that's because um, Sunrise actually does like generates the clinical report that's then sent to um, your doctor who can, you know, take it from there and see if you need maybe need a CPAP or uh whatever and can help diagnose things but I guess they're they're having to kind of pay um pay for that service uh and then the the app right yeah yeah yeah. and then the other thing is it's uh that I thought was good is is it, it is disposable and so um they're trying to be mindful of you know their their footprint and mm-hmm. so it's it comes with like a prepaid envelope to send it back to so send that it, it back can be exactly. recycled yeah so I think that's all really cool um mm-hmm. yeah what do you guys think like the uptake for a device like this will be compared to a sleep study like do you think this will be kind of a no-brainer for people who just want to um, figure out you know their sleep problems yeah, Sarah, you made such a good point about um, how it, potentially inaccurate sleep studies can actually be outside of your home environment. Um, yeah. For example, my dad went to, uh, you know, did a sleep study uh, about a year ago, and he told me that they, you know, the lights were on the whole night, oh, and he had gosh, so many yeah. things plugged up, like, you know, yeah. plugged onto him, and and he he said that there was no way that it was an accurate Mm. representation of a normal Mm. night's sleep. So just from that anecdote alone, I think he and many others would much prefer to be in the comfort of their homes to get a more accurate depiction of how they sleep. So to me, it seems like a Um, no-brainer. The only part where it might be a brainer is uh, the the cost. (laughs) But that depends on the, you know, on the the country where it is, I guess, um, since this is in the UK, I'm not sure if sleep studies are, you know, free to participate in. But um, yeah, just in terms of, of, of a more accurate representation of one's sleep, I think this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I, I was also thinking, I know, uh, I don't think it's approved for this right now, but, um, you know, sometimes kids um, go for sleep studies to figure out mm. certain issues. And I mean, that's like a whole other can of worms. If you think you're not going to get an accurate picture of an adult sleep at a at a sleep center I mean it's a whole other thing to try and get like a a little kid to sleep I'm not saying I'm not sure if sleep apnea is even a thing in little kids but um I could see uh if if they're able to use this same measure um to uh figure out sleep quality you know that that might be implicated in other sleep problems at least even in in kids maybe they're going for different indications i'm not sure that you know they're not approved for yet i think that would really also expand um the use of this kind of device 
Absolutely. I think excellent points all around. And, um, you know, if you go into a sleep clinic, like, you know, Sydney and everyone, we were, were discussing that, like that, you know, you're hooked up to so many things and you probably have beeping lights, everything. So it's not an accurate de- depiction at all. And to have something like this from the comfort of your own home and, mm-hmm. and, you know, being in familiar, um, surroundings, I think that that value that's added there, it's, I think people, I think the uptake is the potential for the uptake is tremendous. And I think so many people would be interested in this because you hear about a lot of people like you run into and it's like, oh yeah, I I don't sleep well or or something. And people or so many people are walking around undiagnosed, which is like, you know, the thing that sticks out to me the most. So if they can get their hands on such a simple device, like like you were saying, Sarah, like the website is so like user-friendly and sort Mm -hmm. of like hey, it's just like getting a DNA test or something or a genetic mm-hmm. test. So if, um, mm-hmm. I think they've really put the effort, the company's really put effort into making this very like accessible in terms of, um, I mean, cost-wise, we can have a discussion on that. But uh, in general, I think just the design and just the ease with which you can place an order online, at least in the UK, um, I think it's it's a really great tool. And if it's, I mean, we'll see the accuracy, but it's a great starting point, right? Um, so, and I think that a lot of people would be interested in that. Yeah, and people love this kind of personalized health yes. data. Yeah. Like, they think of how popular, um, like, Fitbits and stuff are. Like, I'm exactly. wearing one right now. Like, people love to be able to see, like, how many steps they took. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing all the um, the report that you get for this, and it's like, yeah, you're like head position and stuff and obviously like how much sleep you got but also the quality and mm-hmm. all of these like little interesting metrics that you know numbers focused people would just love I think they've done a great job of um yeah of mm-hmm. designing not only the medical device and and validating it but just like everything all of the pieces that go along with it um yeah, that I could see, I could see people really going for. It could become the next Fitbit, who knows, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, given the fact that most adults, at least at one point in their life, they will have trouble sleeping, Mm -hmm. I think it could become almost like the next Mm -hmm. Fitbit. Yeah. There are already, like, things like, um, you know, apps on your phone that, like, somehow do measure sleep i'm not really sure how they work or like yeah like a fitbit can also do the same has the same um, function in that obviously it's not to the level of a device like this which is tailored to um diagnosing something as specific as uh, sleep apnea but Mm -hmm. yeah you're so right like people love this stuff like Mm -hmm. um you know and people are so much more health conscious now and uh, I think uh, it's a great tool with, uh, and I think there will be a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to our next story. And um, just wanted to mention, actually, February is American Heart Month. And so this month is um, to raise awareness about uh, heart conditions and to help encourage people to make regular visits to their doctors and to pay attention to signs and symptoms of any types of heart issues. And so I came across a story about how BMS and Pfizer, so the BMS and Pfizer actually have an alliance where they uh, work on uh, drugs in the cardiovascular 
uh, space. And so um, Eloquist is one of them. And I'll talk a bit more about that later in uh, the episode here. But um, so they have an alliance, which has been around for a couple of years now. And as part of their latest project is a new campaign called No Time to Wait. So this campaign is actually was actually launched a couple of years ago. But the latest ad campaign from the alliance features basketball Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to help raise awareness about atrial fibrillation or AFib. And so um, so the campaign features a TV ad in which the basketball legend will share his uh, is seen sharing his experience with the condition. He was diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. And in the video, he's seen encouraging people to speak to a healthcare professional if they are having any uh, kinds of symptoms. And so he says in the video, um, well, in a press release that he joined, uh, the campaign is called No Time to Wait. And he said that he joined the campaign with uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, BMS, and Pfizer because he wanted to share his experience and to help others uh, understand the, sim- the symptoms of AFib. And uh, he says that health is nothing to play around with. And he hopes that his story can help motivate others to speak with a healthcare professional, again, if they are experiencing symptoms. Uh, And so the most common symptoms of AFib include irregular heartbeat, a racing heart, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, and lightheadedness. And AFib results in more than 450,000 hospitalizations a year, and the condition contributes to about uh, 158,000 deaths every year in the U.S. And the prevalence of it is about 1% to 2%, again, in the U.S., And in 2023, uh, according to projections, 9.5 million Americans uh, will have AFib. Now, uh, what's of concern is that a lot of people remain undiagnosed because they either dismiss their symptoms um, and that's because like the symptoms can come and go and they're quite variable. So it's easy to to be uh, dismissive of them. Now, another real concern is that AFib increases the risk of stroke by about five times, and therefore it makes it very important to seek medical attention if uh, people are having symptoms. And so um, in the No Time to Wait video campaign, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar describes um, his first symptoms and indications of AFib, and he describes how he first felt something may be wrong when he noticed that he couldn't do things without losing his breath, but he didn't think it was anything serious. But then as time went on, he found that every physical exertion seemed to exhaust me, he said, and he said at that point he knew something was wrong. Um, he talked about walking through an airport and losing his breath and then went to a baseball game um, at another time. And, um, he said he couldn't deal with the exertion anymore. And then, so he finally went to the hospital from there and was diagnosed with AFib. And he says that he shouldn't have ignored his symptoms and wants other people again to learn from his experience. Um, and so BMS and Pfizer's No Time to Wait campaign, as I mentioned, was launched in 2020 um, when the uh, companies actually joined a whole host of other drug makers at the time who were launching campaigns to help encourage people to keep up with doctor visits during the pandemic. And uh, during the pandemic, uh, primary care office visits actually dropped by 50% during the first three months uh, of the pandemic from April through to June of 2020, compared to the same time period in the 
previous two years. And so drug makers were launching all of these campaigns to encourage people to keep up with their uh, primary care visits. And um, of course, there's also the uh, the incentive or the idea or the uh, concern of um, people not visiting their doctors, not you know, health-wise and then not getting the medications that they need. And uh, so there's also a component there in terms, a business component there, of, of course, for a, for a lot of these drug makers that came into play at the beginning of the pandemic. And so BMS and Pfizer Alliance's initial campaign, initial No Time to Wait campaign focused on three health conditions and that those included AFib, deep vein thrombosis, and pulmonary embolism. And all of these conditions can be treated by uh, their blockbuster uh, anticoagulant Eliquis. And so this is this drug is co-developed by the two companies. And um, yeah, so although you know there were a lot of uncertainties around the pandemic, and uh, it was expected that sales of the drug and many other drugs might drop during this uh, during that time. Um, sales of Eliquis actually grew in the past two years uh, because of pretty aggressive uh, ad campaigns that were launched by uh, BMS and Pfizer, and again other drug makers for their own drugs. So in 2022, BMS reported sales of 11.8 billion dollars for Eliquis, and um, that was a 21% increase in U.S. revenues uh, alone that drove that growth over the course of from 2021 to 2022, and then or in 2022 compared to the previous year. And Pfizer's revenues and direct sales from um, the drug amounted to about 6.5 billion dollars. So this drug is a, a very uh, significant uh, part of both companies' portfolios, and uh, it's been doing very well. So yeah, going back to the ad campaign, the No Time to Wait campaign with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think this is a really great way to raise awareness about conditions like atrial fibrillation. And uh, again, it couldn't be more apt during this month, which as I mentioned again, is uh, American Health Month. And it's marked every year to bring awareness around cardiovascular health. And according to the CDC, heart disease uh, remains the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the U.S. So across the board, it's the leading cause of death. Um, and in 2022, it was estimated that one in every five deaths in the U.S. was attributed to heart disease. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this ad campaign, if you want to speak, and uh, maybe even talk about American Health Month and uh, what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, you know, when he was speaking about like n not many people knowing they have um, a heart condition like AFib, I was thinking once again back to the to the wearable devices we have now. There are some devices like um, that can like watches yeah. that are for consumers that can detect mm -hmm. AFib, and uh, I'm not sure if like it's mostly the people who already know they have AFib who are buying these watches to like monitor their status. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if there's people who are unaware they have AFib and now it's brought to their attention with a watch like that, but it's just so sad because when people think they're out of breath, they attribute it to like getting older or, or just I don't know, tired or yeah, not yeah. getting Being a good out of night's shape. sleep. Like, yeah. yeah. And when they find out they have a heart condition, it's almost too late. So I think yeah. with um, more easier diagnosis people can get the medication like from pfizer and bms more easily and faster mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that is such a good point, uh, Vera. My um, Fitbit that I have, it, yeah, has that mode Feature. that you can turn um, on. Yeah, where it will detect um, like unusual heart activity. And uh, yeah, I think that's great that people are able to kind of get that that data for something that they're already wearing. Um, and this seems like a great great partnership uh, to kind of raise awareness for for AFib. And, you know, sometimes when we talk about some of these disease awareness campaigns, uh, I don't know, sometimes they seem a bit like, you know, do we really need to have this campaign? Isn't everyone already aware? But I think this is really one of those situations where, no, obviously they're not. And it's because uh, the signs and symptoms could seem so innocuous or could be attributed to so many other things, um, you know, not just a heart condition that, uh, that I think it is an important campaign. Yeah, I also appreciate when celebrities, um, you know, sign on to projects like this, especially when they have an, the illness themselves, because it, it seems it's more genuine that way. Obviously, I'm not happy that he has AFib. I just mean that he, you know, it's good that he is a representative. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, look up to him, especially as an athlete. It's like a very like telling sign that, you know, anyone is prone to um, heart conditions, even athletes who, um, you know, are usually in the best shapes. Um Yep. So yeah, no, I think it's an excellent campaign. Um, and it's it's an example of like, you know, a good use of, of pharma marketing, I would say, since mm -hmm. it's a very complicated mm -hmm. world, um, but definitely a good example of that. Um, and I also, on a silly note, wonder if, um, you know, Heart Month, they chose February since it's Valentine's oh. Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right, exactly. <laughs> Very Aisha, yeah. Aisha, I know you love basketball. Have you heard of this uh, NBA star before? Because I, oh. I haven't. Yeah, you obviously don't watch basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's a legend. I think, um, um, didn't he hold the scoring title or something? The highest or something? I, I forget what. Yes, of course. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is uh, a basketball legend, Hall of Famer, and, you know, one of the most... Uh, celebrated accomplished uh, NBA players of all time so um, yeah definitely for his, someone of his caliber and stature um, figuratively and literally as well <laughs> like he's super tall obviously of course um, to you know put um, his efforts and to put his weight behind something like this and to raise awareness about a condition that he has and then you know I really appreciate that he keeps saying that you know I hope that my experience will help others and so he, he's coming in with that intention so I think it's really great and yeah with celebrities you know so many people look up to these these people and when they you know when they have such a huge platform and they use it for for good like this I think it's just amazing and uh really commend uh, these people for, uh, yeah, getting behind awareness campaigns like this. And I think this will help. This actually will help a lot of people. And like Sydney, you said, like coming from an athlete who, you know, you know, are supposed to, or like some of the um, people in the best shape, you know, in the world. So for them to be able to be um, diagnosed with uh you know condition or heart conditions like this i think it's, it's very telling and i think will really help a lot of people 
All right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.